the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars, but only at UnderdogFantasy.com. And of course, while you're downloading apps and checking out sites, make sure to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. We've got all of our podcasts, picks, news, and oh, so much more right there in the palm of your hand. Once again, download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy-ho, generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Uh, you may know my work from the sportsgamblingpodcast.com and, and from this podcast, obviously, and from MMA-Manifesto.com. If you want to check out just MMA news, that's your spot for that. Um, I'm going to introduce my co-host right away because this that was a train wreck of a UFC event last night and it was a train wreck for our picks. So I just want to get this episode over because this is the train wreck episode. So no playing around. Um, let's get right to it. Plus um, he's going to, uh, he's going to dedicate the episode to someone cause I don't have any number sixties and he's got a whole bunch of obscure baseball players. So let's, uh, that, let's uh, bring in Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hi, Daniel. Hey, and they're not obscure hey. baseball players. Okay. Uh, Akil, it would be the first one I want to shout out. He plays for the Tigers. He had a really great start to the year. Maybe not so good of a, a middle part. He, he was, uh, I had he, was a... he was people. Yeah. He was like probably on your fantasy team, right? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. for a while, and then I, I got rid of him. Yeah, and then he so. didn't score any points for like six weeks in a row or something like that. Yeah, And then exactly. right, lately, uh, you know, I'm obviously a Braves fan, and uh, Jesse Chavez has been one of their best relievers uh, in the last month. He's thrown like, uh, I think they said he had thrown like 20 innings and allowed like two earned runs or something like that. Uh, so if you were a fan of former starter Jesse Chavez, please note that he hasn't yet retired despite uh, popular belief. So both of those guys were 60. Well, that fits since this is the train wreck episode. You, um, you're dedicated to a player from the train wreck Atlanta Braves, right? They're not a train not, wreck. Not they did. Best. They did at time of taping just finish a game where they broke a record. I don't. Do you know about this? They became. Uh, no. They became the first team in history to alternate wins and losses for 16 straight games. That's what. That's what these fighters always do when, when we do fight breakdowns. Yeah. Wow. So they lost today. Crazy. So if you uh, if you're looking for an MLB pick for Monday. Uh, please note, just bet the Atlanta Braves. Uh, actually, they might be off tomorrow. Um, but next time the Braves play, bet the Atlanta Braves because they're coming off a loss and they alternate wins and losses. You know who else is coming off a loss, Dan? Us. Us. <laughs> actually, everyone. Everyone who uh, who was yeah, invested. The, the in vibe that, on Twitter that, was uh, really bad. Like the vibe on, <laughs> yes, the vibe on Twitter. I saw somebody. I think it was Cole Shelton who has. Uh, 
notoriously, like I've had him on the prelim primer a couple of times, and he's like really good at breaking down fights. With two fights to go, he goes, I have not hit one fight yet. And I was like, well, I guess my picks aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a nasty night. So like I said, n- no playing around. I'm, I'm joking. Of course, we'll have lots of fun, but no hour and a half episode f- uh, recap in this train wreck. Let's just get it over with and, and move on to the next one. But before we get to it, let's tell you about WinBet. You're ready to win money and boost your odds after last night. We definitely all are, aren't we? Uh, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And they're bringing you the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Where do you play? Sign up today and re- to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, and win. So download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, let's just let's get down to it. Um, we're, of course... Well, We'll uh, we'll talk. We'll probably talk a little bit about Belcher at the end, but we'll uh, we'll kick things off with the with the train wreck that was UFC on ESPN Hall versus Strickland, aka UFC Vegas 33. Um, how many? F- we had what 15 fights at one point, and we ended up with 10 last night. Is that right? I think it was 16 at one point in time. Uh, okay. And yeah, 10. Although briefly nine, and then back to ten. <laughs> All right. So how many fell off since we picked? Oh we, man. It, it Hong, was, yeah, Chong Kang and sorry, to, yeah, and Rani, uh, Rahi Hani Yaya. I'm almost uh, said his name like a like a uh, North American. So Hani Yaya got COVID. That fight got scrapped. Nico Montano came in seven quite, pounds overweight. Quite, quite heavy. That, Quite that, that her fight with Wu Yanan got scrapped. What are we gonna do with Nico Montano? Just a quick aside here. You know, I like she. It, it's, it's been a yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's tough because uh, you know one of the things I would say is that like she she's well documented that like some of this is dietary, some of this is mental health related, and like she. The UFC is not like a huge Nico Montano fan, but she was a former champion, right? And like. They've treated her mostly, like, forgiving on a lot of these fronts, and she's, like, made a bunch of mistakes. But, like, I think she is promising if all she could get all of that stuff right. I, I just don't know at, at what point do you cut the ties. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what the right answer is. But, um, you know, I, I hope whatever she needs to get things back to normal, should she want to compete in MMA, like, I hope she gets those things back to normal because, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of – kind of sad at this point because it's not the the thing is it's not just hurting her it's hurting her, her opponent it's hurting you know all, all the uh coaches and you know it's uh it, she's not the, the the only victim uh here from pulling out constantly pulling out a fight so she's fought twice in four years um and, and, and pretty much like, pretty hmm. much so has Yanam Wu though too like she has yeah. only fought twice since but like if you look at the cancellations it's like a whole bunch of people who are not her uh, like, right, yeah. Like, Betch Cohea pulled out of a fight with her. Luana Carolina pulled out of two fights with her. Now Nico Montano's pulled out of a fight with her. So, like, you know, like you, like you said, it, it's, yeah, it sucks for Nico Montano, but, like, that, that opponent is, it you know, each and every time is prepared for her as well, and in this case, even made weight. And seven pounds is not, like, like a little man. That's, it's not, like, 
it, it surprised like this like I, I don't obviously we don't know the backstage stage stuff did she let people know in advance that we got an issue here yeah because um, it, it, it had to have been pretty clear um early on that, that she was going to have a problem here yeah once in a while you hear somebody come in like four pounds and they're like a little surprised they're like i just stopped sweating or whatever is, is yeah kind of the the thing that day but like seven feels like even that probably like you you almost come in within you know some fighters come in almost within seven to fight yeah. week. like they show up to fight yeah, week exactly. within seven uh and, and so like maybe she came in much heavier than that but like she used to make 25 dude yeah, no, and now she's 143, so I don't know. Yeah, hopefully uh, things work out for her. But um, we also so, lost. Yeah, we, we also we lost, lost Ronnie Lawrence and Trevin Jones. We did. We lost that fight too, and we almost lost um, Stoltzy and Gooden. But, yeah, which thank God we did. Unfortunately <laughs> for us, unfortunately for us, we didn't lose that. So anyhow, we got one, two, three, four, five. What nine fights? One of them was a draw, so we only got judged on. Wait a minute, was there? Ten fights and only nine of them. Actually, um, we got results for it. That's correct, right? Yeah, I think I got that right. There was a draw. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I was three and six, uh, but I can always count on Dan. Like I said on Twitter, and count on Dan to make (laughs) me look good. He, it's you're too nice of a guy. I think he does it on purpose. Uh, Dan was two and seven, so um, we both lost money. With uh, needless um, needless to say, but we lost money. Uh, I'm at fifty five percent for the year. Dan's down to fifty one. You gotta. You're only eight games above 500, Dan. Yeah, that's that's not good. We gotta we gotta fix that. No, we don't. You have to fix. I mean, it, you're Dan. not your, far away is, from that either. <laughs> I'm thirty. I'm thirty above. And I you're still quite, just barely above me in money. Fifty-five. Yeah, I am uh, 130 bucks ahead of you in money now. Yeah, so. that barely ain't. That's Pulling one. Away. That's one fight. There you go. Um, Depending if if what's her name's fighting, yes, that's fight Montserrat right? Ruiz. <laughs> Montserrat Ruiz. Um, all right, and we we both missed on our locks too, so maybe we can go through the card quick, and maybe we can briefly recap why or how we missed. Like, was our was the process wrong, or or did a fighter um, change his game, he, his or her game up, or was it just a fluke or, or whatnot? So, uh, main event. A middleweight fight, um, Sean Strickland uh, smoked Uriah Hall. Basically, Uriah Hall didn't look like he uh, – I was going to say he didn't look like he, want, he wanted to be there. The first round or so didn't look like he wanted to be there, but he, he stuck around for a massive beating. So I guess he wanted to be there. Uh, it's it hard to tell that guy, but he got beat up really bad on his birthday. He lost 50-44, 50-45, Apparently, someone thought he won a round. I don't think I saw that, but maybe. Um I picked Strickland, ha ha ha. Dan picked Hall. Um, so, and I think my summary of this is when two um, two head cases are going up against each other, you have to back the the sociopath or psychopath. I'm not sure which one. Is, but he's, he's, he's one or the other. Which one? You, which one? Is he psychopath or sociopath? Or is he both? I don't know. In this post fight interview, he said he would love to kill a man in the cage one day. Yeah, so what, I know. What, what is, whatever that one makes him. Uh, yeah. Anyhow. Not, not um, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you have to go with the crazy, the, the violent crazy one, not the one who seems like he doesn't want to be a fighter. It, it seems, or at least doesn't want to be a fighter for a full fight. It seems like he wants to be a fighter. I would just say this, like, and this is my big takeaway from this fight, and, and it's kind of been the knock on, on Uriah Hall anyway, so it's not like I'm I'm breaking some kind of – you know, weird controversial statement out here, but 
it seems like when something doesn't go the way that he expected it to, it just shatters his whole world. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everything is broke. So like he would come out for rounds having gotten jacked up by safe. So I would safe would go in and say like, you need to push forward. You need to land these kinds of punches. You need to work the leg kicks. And he would do it for a minute and like he'd eat four of those jabs from Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland's jab is phenomenal. It looked really good in there. But, like, he would eat four of them, and he would just think to himself, like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. And from there, he was just a completely broken fighter, it, it felt like. Um, yep. I, and, like, you saw that he thought he got a, a clash of heads in the third round. And he, he Which looked, he caused himself, but yeah. <laughs> I don't actually think it was a clash of heads, too. If you look not at the really. replay, it looks like he got punched in the head, and he might have headbutted, like, Sean Strickland's clavicle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah, exactly. So not even a clash of heads. And it looked like he was looking for a DQ. Because, like, things were going so badly for him that he was, like, looking for the ref to, like, come in and stop it. And, like, the only reason I think Strickland didn't get a TKO there was because Safe Saud was yelling so violently at Uriah Hall to get up. Like, I, I yeah. think he was all of Uriah Hall's will in this fight. And, obviously, just not enough. Because um, I don't know about you. Do you feel like... After having watched that, do you feel like Sean Strickland was that much better than Uriah Hall if their their mind space was both correct? Well, that's the, the mind space is is a huge part of the sport. So yeah, he, he is better because he actually is willing to fight. So <laughs> it, it's it's really hard to say because this is basically this this, this is, is what we've uh, gotten right. This, this is what, what we got, got from Uriah Hall. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he he's got to be the most frustrating guy to coach because like you he's you see this in you see this in all sports guys that that cruise by or try to cruise by on on their physical abilities and don't really have the makeup mental makeup for the sport and that's pretty much what the knock's been on uriah hall and this isn't going to help things and i think the you know the fights leading up to this didn't really prove anything either because he kind of won in fluky ways in, in these fights or he beat um, and or he beat uh, washed, fighters that washed were old guys washed up. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So he really hasn't beaten cleanly beaten a top shelf fighter. When oh he beat Masasi, that's true. Uh, yeah, mind. but, that, but that, even that, was, that one, even that one was kind of fluky though, right? Because he was losing that fight and then he lost yep. the rematch and he threw like a jumping spinning back kick that just yep. happened to catch Gegar and I, I think had a takedown attempt if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds right. And then he lost the rematch. So yeah, there you go. And, so and badly I, too, I, if I remember correct. And yeah, you know, yeah. Sean Strickland looked. He looked. His jab was on point, and he was willing to to bring it to him and, and take the fight wherever it need be. So yeah, he, he definitely looked a lot better. But I think, um, it, unfortunately, the takeaway probably is that you know Uriah Hall is is a problem. Yeah, yeah is in, in the wrong kind of way. Yeah, in the, in <laughs> a problem. A problem for himself and his coaches. Not not a, not a yeah. problem for his opponent. So much. Yeah, and it's it, it's yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Like it, it's not. There's so much talent there, right? Like, and, and that's always yeah. going to be the, like, sort of like the what if. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's time for Sean Strickland to fight somebody, you know, pretty far up there now, though. A like, killer? Yeah. A like, killer. Like He's I, a killer. I, I think him versus somebody like Jack Hermanson is probably, you know, right about right about the right skin right there in the game. And he's, that. what is that, number, Jack Hermanson's number six right now? So somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so like he he's I, I mean with that jab, he he was legitimately very good in that fight. Yep. Uh I just would have liked yep. to seen somebody try to actually fight him, you know, and it felt like I wasn't getting that. Yep. 
Um, but you know, Hall Hall took a beating. <laughs> we'll give him that. He, yeah, and he, uh, he kept moving. He, I'll give him that. He stuck it out. Yeah, but yeah. Um, not, I guess there's not really much else to say other than I I don't think you should bet on Uri Hall going forward. Okay, Dan. I think I agree with you. Yep. I'm not, gonna, I'm, <laughs> not I'm not gonna bet on Uriah Hall or against who's the one who I'm not allowed to bet against ever again. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, not Phil Rowe. It's another Phil it's Haas. The other, Phil, Phil Haas. Haas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Phil Haas. Yeah, I'm not is. allowed to bet against. Yeah. And and Canadians. Well, Canadians, we haven't figured out what to do with those those people yet because they they screw us one way or another. So, um, all right, co-made event. We've co-made event. Uh, this ended up being the co-made event. Cheyenne buys uh, TKO'd Gloria DePaula. Um, she just squeaked in a, a kick that was legal. It almost was was illegal as as DePaula was getting off the off the canvas. She uh, leveled her back down with a kick and then finished her off with with punches. Um, we we whiffed on this one. What did we get wrong here? So I, I I'm gonna say so while I, I'm, I'll take the fall for the hall one and, and say that that was a legitimately bad pick and maybe I need to factor mental space into this more. I legitimately still think Gloria DePaula beats Cheyenne buys most of the time. This, this was, I mean, like you can't walk away and see that knockout and be like, oh, obviously she was more skilled, right? Because she she wasn't. Right? She was getting beat up to that point though, too. Though. Yeah, okay, and, what, what, yeah, we're talking about a minute. We're only talking about a minute, but but that first exchange, DePaula hit her exactly like I thought she was going to. She she hit her with like a two or three punch combo, and all of them landed. And Baze looked like, oh man, I need to not be here. Um, and like good on her for like hitting that kick at the perfect moment and for getting the takedown when she did and for, you know, not just letting her stand back up. Cause she really didn't need her to stand back up. That, that was actually a bad choice. Uh, but yeah, all, all together, like good, good on base. Um, but I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like this was a bad bet in the, in the end of the day, especially cause we were getting plus money on DePaula. Right. We only saw a minute and, and to be honest, I think she looked good in that minute with the exception of eating that kick. Yeah, that may be the last minute we're going to see of her, though. You never know. She's lost. I, I guess draw it's a pretty thin weight class. So maybe maybe they'll, they'll let her stick around, but she's lost two fights now. Um, and Bay's got the uh, this make a uh, bunch of news on the uh, on Twitter that Bay's got the fifty thousand uh, dollar performance of the night check, and she was quite emotional when she got it. They uh, they the UFC videoed it as she got it and put it out like it was a good thing. And of course, everybody's got to crap all over it because. <laughs> You don't put things like you don't you don't put things on on Twitter and uh, and not get crapped all over, but uh, rightfully so. People are saying, well, uh, a pro athlete shouldn't have to have a meltdown over getting fifty thousand bucks. They should be getting paid properly to begin with. And uh, Bayes went on to talk about how she was broke and she had negative money in her bank account. You know, we've heard the story time and time again. Um, but yeah, 50, fifty grand would be a lot for her because um, according to the estimates I have on MMA-Manifesto.com, she probably made ten. So she lost her first fight. Fighters tend to start at ten thousand bucks to show up, and then another ten if they win. So she lost her first fight. So she's still on ten thousand uh, dollar range because you don't get bumped up unless you win fights. So last night she probably earned ten to ten to show, ten to win, four thousand for wearing the Venom clothing during the week, and then her fifty thousand dollar check. So she got more. She more than doubled her pay. Uh, her bonus was more than double what her base pay would have been. Um, but yeah, it just sheds light on the UFC wants to play with the big boys and act like they're a major league sport, but, but they uh, don't pay on that level. So they aren't really a major, major league sport, but I don't know why the media and the fans care so much because the fighters don't seem to care enough to about 
uh, about it to do anything about it. So I don't know why the rest of us are worried about other people's money. I, I think the fighters care enough. I just think the fighters are misguided enough to not do anything about it. And obviously, yeah, this is we're like, scared. Yeah, and Rightful, rightfully so. Yeah, well, and like, look at what's happened to anybody who's like actually complained about pay or like yeah. made an effort to unionize. You know, like the couple of big names that have like quote unquote made an effort to unionize. They've just gotten, like, big fights next, and all of a sudden they weren't really into the union anymore. Um, and then, like, if you look at, like, some of the smaller names, people like Leslie Smith, she was just shown the door the first chance they could. Um, they paid They paid her to leave. Yeah, uh, they, 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 they paid her for her, her last fight. fight. and paid her. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, yeah, I think it was show and win, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, they did. They, they paid they her the show, whole shebang. They yeah. gave her the show and the win. Um, yeah, which is just, like... I mean, it's unfortunate, but, like, there has to be something where they figure out how to get a whole bunch of people to come together, Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to take probably something bigger, catastrophic, or a big name in the sport doing something about it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's got to be a big, big name fighter's got to do it, and they aren't going to do it because they're making enough money or they're happy with the money they're making. So that, that's the thing. It's, it, we got to remember it is a very in, individualistic sport. So, you know, expecting fighters to, you know, back one another is probably, probably a utopian uh, thought that we're having here. So anyhow, um, glad she got her money. She was happy about it. So, all right. Then we whiffed on the next fight, as we mentioned earlier too. Um, we whiffed the most, most of these folks. You're going to, you're going to find a pattern here. Watch wait, Jared. Jared Gooden versus Nicholas Stoltzy. Why was it pulled? Was it another COVID issue, I'm assuming? I don't know. I don't think they ever released why it was pulled for the – Okay, it says COVID here, yeah. Oh, then, co- and then they were cleared, so. Yeah so, yeah, so I don't know what exactly it was, but it was only pulled for about an hour, so. Yeah. Um, and the and the fight only lasted a minute eight. Yeah. Uh, Jared Gooden, he, this this wasn't a fluke. He, he blitzed uh, yeah. Stoltzy basically right from the bell, knocked him out with a punch. I think we – think we played too much into the oh short notice or i i at least played too much into the oh he's taking the fight on a short notice and last and um not enough into the like um when or i lose my job mentality which which he had because uh rightfully so if he uh he, he thought if he lost last night he would be out of work and that uh he was a desperate man in there and, and he showed it and he came through yeah but sometimes so i will say this sometimes i don't like to play oh he's a desperate man he's gonna win this one because, like, it, a lot of times everybody's a desperate man, right? Like, this drops Stolte to, to 0-2 as well. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and granted, his first one was on short notice. It was against Ramazan Amiev. And, like, you know, like there's a whole bunch of things there. So you can't always count on people to completely fundamentally change their style based on, you know, urgency. But that's what Gooden did. Um, and, again, like, I, I don't feel, you know, I feel worse about this one than I do uh, the Gloria DePaula won, because again, I think Gloria DePaula yeah. probably beats Cheyenne Base uh, two out of three times. But like Gooden here, we need fights like that look good, right? Like he, he looks like he could fight like that, and we couldn't. Why would we count on yep. him fighting like that, right? Like he hadn't even shown glimpses of that in his two fights in the UFC. Yeah, if he stays aggressive, uh, he, he could have a future in the sport because he's got the physical to, tools, obviously, and he's got the uh, the power, obviously. So, yeah, uh, maybe uh, this will light a fire under him, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, like in, in – I'm trying to remember who exactly said 
uh, needing to fight with that desperation was like key for them. But I interviewed somebody recently who said that, and hey, maybe that's maybe that's Jared Gooden. Maybe uh, we got this one right. Featherweights, Milsic, Bagdazarian, um, TKO'd Colin Anglin. A lot of TKOs last night instead of just playing OKOs. Head kick and punches in the second round. Uh, he basically Bagdazarian was everything that we expected him to be and everything he was advertised to be. So yeah, I don't know. Not much else to say there, right? No, other than it, it was weird to me. And I, I I actually predicted this would happen. It was weird to me that Colin Anglin likes throwing hands as much as he does and didn't fall on yeah. the fact that, dude, that, that dude's been wrestling since he was, like, six. And, like, I'm not sure other than, like, the brief six seconds he had Bogdasarian down, he ever even attempted another takedown. I mean, like, there was some clinch work and stuff, but, like... I, you know, if that's, if I'm his coach and you know, not that I'm saying I'm doing stuff better than Mark Montoya, because obviously he feels good about his striking because he works with Mark Montoya, but like, dude, you don't want to strike with a dude with like, what do you say, a 200 amateur kickboxing fights in his life? That's, that's insane. Why would you strike with a guy like that? Yeah, and it it, it uh, he, he got the results you would expect when you when you decide to to trade with him. So yeah, uh, Bagdasarian's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in, in a featherweight division for sure. Um, and then the opener in the main card we got wrong. Jason Witt, uh, majority decision over Brian Barberina. This was uh, oh this was fight of the night. Um, it was a slobber knocker, which wasn't really a surprise. Um, Actually, we were thinking Barbarina might have might have finished him off uh, quick, so that maybe we were we were uh, predicting him to win performance of the night rather than fight of the night. But it was a fight of the night, and he lost. Um, yeah, this was the case that Jason Witt pretty much changed his game on us. Did you not? Kind of like the uh, what happened with Gooden. Yeah, although here's the thing I will say about him: I was, I was like when we were talking about what his paths to victory were, I said overhand right, uh, good takedown, and. I yeah, I guess that's what he did. I, and I, I said I didn't think a good takedown would be enough to get Brian Barberena down consistently, and it was. Um, so I think just maybe underrating his wrestling ability. Also, I think – I don't know if he did something different, but his chin somehow miraculously improved, which I, I, I'm just not ready for that ever. Because, like, if you go back and look at his two losses, that dude was knocked out in 48 seconds and 16 seconds. And the 16 seconds one was to Matthew Semmelsberger, who's like a noted wrestler and not particularly much of a boxer. So to to get knocked out by a guy who who's mostly didn't have very many knockouts in his whole life, and the ones he did were like on the ground with TKOs and stuff like that, to taking punches from Brian Barberena and good punches from Brian Barberena. Yeah. It, it seemed like somehow there was like a large increase in his chin's ability, which, uh, which is a weird one. It's true. A few, a few, a few points looks like, look like Barberena was going to make us, make us rich and come through. Uh, but wit, yeah, he bit down his mouth guard and hung in there. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think Barberena looked any worse for wear after his, uh, after his uh, health issue, he, he pretty much looked like the same Bam Bam in there. Just didn't get the W this time. Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I'm wondering if if that lack of takedown defense, and not that his takedown defense has ever been like sterling, but like I, I wonder if some of that lack of takedown defense is just like lack of reps at wrestling because he's done less Maybe. wrestling and and had some time yeah. off or stuff like that. So I, I'll be interested to see if that comes back to him a little bit. But yeah, 
Um, yeah, he, he looked mostly like he was supposed to. So that was the main card. Um, I got what? Two? I went two and three, and you were one and four. Fantastic. Good job. I'm lucky you people are here just for the uh, entertaining banter and not for uh, not for the winning picks, because we didn't give you any of this week. But um, You know where you can get some winning picks? Over at PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So, for example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they're, they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80-1 to 1 bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to keep, leave yourself some skin in the game. That's a classic to gen move there. If I ever heard one. So get started today by going to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, the prelims. Main event we ended up with was uh, lightweight Chris Gritz. They were calling him Gritzmacher. I think we, we, or at least I called him Grutzmacher last week. But yeah, apparently I, it's Gritzmacher. I'm not going to pretend I have a good pronunciation key no. on that guy's last name. <laughs> and, and you, and it's not like you can trust the broadcast either. I guess you can usually trust the the play by play guys, but you definitely can't trust the the color guys because they probably haven't seen any of these people fight before. before I, I, trust, I trust Felder. <laughs> I trust Felder. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's Felder true. is usually on his stuff. Anyhow, we're um, deflecting again that we lost in this pick, too. Uh, Gritzmacher, unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board over Rafa Garcia. Where do, how did we get this one wrong? Garcia was a huge minus 280 uh, favorite, as was – oh, I forgot to mention Barbarina was minus 270 favorite. He was my lock. Garcia, 280 favorite. He was Dan's lock. So we had two big ones there that we, we whiffed on. Um, did – and was there was there anything wrong in our thinking there? I'm thinking there probably wasn't since they were such huge favorites on the board. And I'm sure everyone agreed with us heading into it, or most people agreed uh, with us heading into those fights. Yeah, for me, for Rafa Garcia, I, I think the 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 error in our ways was, you know, we talked about how his fight with Nazarat Hawkfrost, he just kept moving forward like the Terminator uh, and seemed to just be able to keep fighting like that. I, I think the problem here, and, and this is going to sound like a, an awful problem to have. I think he had too much success early. Um, because, like, when he didn't have success against Nazarat Hakprost and was, like, you know, he kept coming forward and he kept punching and all that kind of stuff, he, he was had to play enough defense that I don't think he, he wore himself out. And in this one, I think he was landing so so good early on against Gritzmacher that, like, he just punched himself out. I mean, like, Kevin or uh, Chris Gritzmacher... Gave him the old Homer Simpson uh, boxcar Joe treatment. Like, he he just took punches until he couldn't punch him anymore. And then he was like, oh, okay, now it's my turn. Uh, and I'm not tired, just so you know. And, and it was an insane momentum shift. And it happened really early. So, yeah, I, I think for me in this one, that was what was kind of surprising is just that, like, Garcia's gas tank doesn't hold up as well when he's offensive versus when he's defensive. Um, in, in it, man, if you're up against somebody who's, I mean, he's like a poor man's Darren Elkins, right? Like, he's, so uh, the poor man's Darren Elkins here uh, just is going to beat those kind of guys 99 times out of 100, right? Yep. So that was definitely a Boscar Homer performance. Uh, Gritzmacher. Showed off his chin, that's for sure. He uh, he took a whipping. 
Um, next fight was a majority draw. Kai Kamaka the third uh, won twenty nine twenty seven to one scorecard, and then the other rounds were twenty uh, were uh, the other scorecards at twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight for uh, his fight against Danny Chavez. Kamaka got deducted a point in round two for eye poke and a groin strike. So basically, he won the fight if it wasn't for his cheating way. So we would have had this one wrong also because we were back in Chavez in this one. Uh, but it was pretty much a pick on the board. But we but we would have been right if Herb Dean was true to his word. Because Herb Dean said <laughs> any other follow from you. It's a hard you, warning. He, well, he said a hard warning after he scraped the hell out of Danny Chavez's eye. And then he said any other yeah. follow from you and I'm going to take more than a point. Uh, uh, and then he kicked him in the groin like maybe five seconds later, <laughs> and he took yeah, exact, very, very exactly good. one point. So if he took two, I'm saying Danny Chavez wins this one. Yep, it's true. We would have had that one right. So, um, All right, let's move on. This, here's one we got right. Kind of kind of sad how we got it right, though, because uh, I, I believe we're both Ashley Yoder fans. But Ashley Yoder got beat by Jin Yu Fry. Three rounds, two nine. It, it was a lot closer than than that sounds, though. Um, it, it was a very good fight. Yoder didn't look like she. I don't remember her really getting hit very hard in the in the face in the past because she didn't seem to like it very much. I don't really remember her getting. Has she been beaten up bad in any of her UFC fights? You're, I don't really remember. You know, I'm thinking back to happening. I'm thinking back to like strikers she faced, and, and if you look, most of her losses are to people who you would consider like kind of grapplers, right? Like she lost to Angela Hill twice, who who likes to use her body. Lavia Souza, who's a, a jiu-jitsu ace. Random Marcos. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, like, she, she's lost mostly, I mean, even if you go to her time on The Ultimate Fighter, she lost to Kate Jackson, who, while not still in the UFC, is very much like a wrestler type, so, like, she's lost to a lot of wrestler types, so you're right, like, a lot of times when she faces strikers and people who can piece her up, she manages to get it to the mat and, and wins there, right, right, like, Siri Kondo, Miranda Granger, even Amanda Bobby Cooper to it to an extent, and, like, when she fought those women, she was able to get him to the ground. So, yeah, this is the first time she wasn't able to get somebody to the ground and had to strike with a, a pretty talented striker. I, I think Junior Fry is is wildly underrated, which is, what, you know, what I said leading up into this fight and why I was picking her. Um, you know, she looked great in there. Um, that's two in a row two in a row for her, and I, I think puts her in a really nice place. I will lament the, the fact that the UFC still doesn't have an atomweight division because – Man, yeah. I, I think she'd be a top five atom weight in the whole world if they added that division. Yeah, she has beat a very long straw weight, so definitely she, she didn't come out looking like the winner though. She um, her eye got busted, busted up, but yeah, she looked very good in there. She was probably on on the brink of maybe uh, after losing two straight in the UFC, that could have been the end of her career if she lost another fight. Because um, I, I don't know if she'd be willing to go back to an actor somewhere else. Because three straight probably would have got her released. But now she's on a nice two fight win streak. So hopefully uh, she can stick around a bit. And yeah, once again, I wish they would get a atomweight weight division. Because there's it seems every uh, almost every fight card we we have a fighter who we we feel would would benefit from it. So. Well, and that and there's, um, there's also like hmm. a, I would just say this too. And, and for people who are like, well, don't add another women's division. It'll just be like uh, featherweight. That's not true. No, like, no. If, if you look across the the globe for for women's atom weights, like some of the most exciting fighters in the world are atom weights right now. Like Sohee yeah. Ham, who only fought I think once in the UFC, and I think it might have been at 135, just because there was literally no other divisions at the time. She's super fun. Ayaka Hamasaki is super fun. Um, even Herika Tuberculo, who who like. 
used to be the champ in Invicta. She's back now. She's fun to watch. Like, there are a lot of fun atom weights in the world right now. Um, so for people who knock that division, don't knock that division. It, it very well could sustain itself in the UFC if they committed to it. Isn't tuberculo a disease? No, that's tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, so it's, or, or okay, you're actually so. thinking of the heavyweight, mar- marching tuberculosis. <laughs> tuberculosis. Hey, a new nickname. I, I forgot to mention Sean Strickland's Road Rash. I forgot to mention his nickname yeah. this episode. Yeah, Road, so. road Rash. He, he's kind of. I don't know. I don't know if I want to get on his bad side though. He seems uh, a little unhinged, perhaps even for a fighter. That's a, um, that's a fair anyway. assessment, I think. <laughs> and yeah, moving on. Flyweights we whiffed on Zurich Adashev. Uh, beat Ryan Benoit. They're calling Benoit with a hard T, so it's Benoit. It's Americanized been version. Uh, exactly. 32 and 7, 30, 29, 28. clearly won this fight. He was, he was a more aggressive man. He was he was uh, beating Benoit up, even though Benoit liked to like to point at him every time he actually caught him with the punch. He uh, his leg got destroyed early on in the fight, and he was swinging for the fences, uh, trying to uh, hit a Hail Mary uh, pretty much the rest of the fight. But he lasted all three rounds. Um, so um, he's tough. I'm sure he's not walking so good this morning. But um, how do we how do we whiff on this one? I guess we were counting him Benoit's. What were we counting on? I can't remember. Were we counting on his wrestling? I, I, thought, he, I thought he might wrestle more. I also thought he had the power yeah. in the hands, which I think held up. But but I also think yeah. that power in his hands holds up a lot better if he's got a foot to plant on. And, and within, yep. I would say within a minute and a half, he didn't have it anymore. So he had to fight 13 and a half minutes without his best weapon. So, uh, you know, good game plan from Adeshev. I also think Adeshev's kickboxing looked better than I thought it did in the past. Um which, again, maybe an oversight or maybe he worked on something. But, uh, yeah, I, I think a whiff but a reasonable one because Adeshev uh, did a really good job. Yep. And then finally, uh, this turned into a catchweight fight Phil Rose, a filthy cheater, and came in overweight and made us lose. Even though overweight fighters tend to tend to lose their fights, he, he won. Um, he came in overweight, but he knocked out Orion Koske in the second round via punches. Um, Koske was was grappling him up, uh, looked good up until Rowe started getting things going and using his length and, and pieced him up on the feet. So why did we get this one wrong, Dan? Because we counted on uh, Koske's to have um, cardio, and turns yeah, out uh, both he and his brother seem not to. Um, so that's, mm. uh, genetic, a genetic issue perhaps. Yeah. Or just like a fight style. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> if you remember his brother's debut, his brother debuted in, in, against Sasha Politnikov. Uh, and I can't remember how long ago that was, but he blitzed Politnikov early and just then was out of gas. And, and it seemed like Kosuke here had some early success against Roe and then just, again, same thing, out of gas. So um, kind kind of kind of a bummer there. I I think they're both super talented and and both very uh, physically gifted. So we'll probably see a turnaround in that. But uh, I, I think they need to either dedicate something to fight IQ or dedicate something to more uh, cardio because otherwise there are a lot of people who can take their punches in the UFC. Yep. Welterweight is a division you could use some cardio in, too. That's, so. That is true. <laughs> All right, so anyhow, uh, enough of that. The car was a mess. Uh, fights were falling off left and right and getting added back on, and our picks sucked. So, and no one had fun. 
All right. <laughs> it wasn't. It was. I guess Cheyenne Bays had fun because she won fifty grand. So yeah, she got the bonus. I failed to mention. Mel- Melsic Dogdazarian seemed Melsic to be having Dagazarian. a lot of. He seemed to be having a lot of fun while he was uh, being interviewed by Paul Felter. I don't know if you yes. if you caught any of that interview, but he just briefly. Yeah. Every single time Paul Felter asked him a question, he answered something completely irrelevant and talked for like a solid five minutes. Joe Rogan would have pulled the mic on him a probably 10 minutes before Felder did. At one point he said, when do you want to get back in there again? And I think he thanked one of his cousins. And I was like, what? Oh, the, that is a, that is a bizarre answer to that question. <laughs> well, he, he's 50 grand richer also, uh, which is actually the thing that we've, uh, or you've, I think brought up in the past. Uh, we want to see is, Fighters who are barely making money win the bonuses, and that happened last night. Um, we had, like I said, Cheyenne Bice, who was on the minimum, as far as I know. She was on the minimum 10 and 10. She got the bonus, and then Milsik Bagdazarian. That was his first fight, so more than likely he was on the minimum 10 10, also, unless he, he got a, a better deal because of his past experience. But he won the bonus also, and then the fight of the night was Witt versus Barbarina. Um, any, any issues with any of those bonuses? I don't think so. I mean, I might have liked uh, Gooden's a little bit better than Bogdasarian's. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, like yeah. his was pretty good. Um, so it seems kind of surprising he didn't. But but the head kick head head kicks always do well, and and you got two yeah. head kicks here, so uh, not surprising that the UFC went with the head kicks. You're that kids. You want to be rich? Head kick. Head kick's the way to go, guys. Also, you want to get rich? You can head over to Underdog. There, that is the segue, ladies and gentlemen. Please make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. And then this is where the rich part comes in. You can get a shot to sign up for to win a million dollars. So definitely they have a million dollar contest on. So head over there. SGPN code. Get your free 25 bucks. Underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Download that app. And make sure you download our app if you haven't already, SGPN app. We are now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks, our website, all our different promos, uh, and our podcasts, of course. And you can get notifications every time one of our podcasts drop also on your phone. So, and when you download, if you can give us an app review, that would definitely help us out greatly. So that's the SGPN app. All right. Um, quickly, we will talk quick um talk about next week's or this coming week's um ufc and then maybe we'll we'll do a little a little belter talk and put it to rest since belter seemed to be getting all the attention last night over the ufc for a change all right we got ufc 265 this coming weekend from the toyota center in houston texas lucky uh lucky they put on this uh this fake title fight on the card because the other the real title fight actually fell off um do you, headlined by interim, do you think they knew that do you think they knew that was? <laughs> oh, I, I don't. That's a good point. I don't mean to play conspiracy theory, but like Nina Nunez said that uh, they all finally just tested negative after X amount of days of testing positive uh, or something. Okay. So okay. I'm I'm wondering okay. if the UFC was waiting to see if Nunez was going to be physically ready and had a backup plan just in case, and and maybe that's why they were playing such hardball with. Naganu, which, by the way, ah, I, don't, I don't mind them having this decision. Just tell your champ why you're doing it. Yeah. No, what we're um, talking about, if if y'all don't haven't heard, is Amanda Nunez had to back out of her scheduled Bantamweight championship fight against Juliana Pena because uh, of COVID-19. Her and her, are they married? Yeah, yeah, because her, her, yeah, her name is Nunes. Yeah, her, her and her wife, uh, Nina, um, both got COVID. And the daughter. Um, but, uh, ugh, and the daughter. Nice. Um, 
I thought it was over, Dan. It, Wasn't it over years not, ago? It's, it's not nope. over. Nope. No? It turns okay. out, nope. <laughs> All right. Nope. All right. Um, and where do they live again? Florida? Florida. Florida. Yeah, not a great place. It's strange. <laughs> Anywho, um, sounds like they're actually doing better now, right? If you, if you say the, they're testing negative now, then hopefully that means they're doing better now. But, yeah, that's that, – I don't think that's conspiracy – conspiracy at all what what you've laid out there probably it makes perfect sense uh, Noons probably told them she had COVID weeks ago and so they they uh, scrambled and they major, got this title fight on major, there. yeah major they had a title cause it, fake title fight because this <laughs> this quote-unquote fake title fight looks a lot worse if you book it after Nunes drops off right yeah yeah, yeah. like it, if you just throw it on there once you don't have a title fight it looks like garbage but if you put it on there and you're like no it's real and then the other title fight falls off. You're like, oh, well, we already have this real title fight. And you definitely need it when you're looking at the fight card. I'm sure they'll have no trouble packing the place because people are dying to go places now that they're allowed to again. But, um, yeah, it's not the strongest of fight cards for a big um, a big arena and on pay-per-view. So main event, we got interim heavyweight title fight, Derek Lewis, Houston's own versus Cyril Gain. Um, co-main event, new co-main event is Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. And we got Michael Chiesa versus Vincente Luque. Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. Song Yidong versus Casey Kenny. Um, let's see if there's no other really big names other than those people. Like there's, there's other good fights on the, on the card, but there's no other really big names. So it's not, not the greatest of, of pay-per-view events, but it's going to be better than last week's uh, card, you think, unless half the fights fall off. So is there a fight that stands out for you or a couple fights that stand out for you? I mean, I'm I'm just excited to see Rafael Fiziev in there again. Um, because like, You would be, wouldn't you? I mean, like, he, he is <laughs> very exciting to watch. Um, and having him fight Bobby Green is just right. like a, a chef's kiss. Mwah, uh, perfect... Uh, violence machine right there because a, a guy who goes in and knocks Hanato Moicano stiff is going to go in against a guy who's got a really good chin and is just going to try to throw leather with him, and that's really fun to watch. I'm also kind of interested, and in, in, this is like a, a terrible answer, but I'm also kind of interested to see Jessica Penne again um, because she, she fought Lupita. Yeah, well, she, she had those uh, four years off, almost to the date four years off, um, she came back and got a split decision win over Lupita Godinez, um, and, and like didn't look great in that fight, but like looked good enough to be like, oh, maybe Jessica Penne is still like a fighter. Now, granted, she's 38 years old, but like maybe she's still got a little bit in the tank. So I'm excited for that, and I also like uh, the flyweight scrap between Ode Osborne and Manel Cap because despite the fact that uh, the results have not gone his way and he's looked kind of lackluster in the UFC so far, I do still sort of believe that Manel Cape is uh, is a top-notch flyweight. I, I think he's going to make some noise in the division at some point in time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's getting another shot at it. So is it Cop or Cape? You said both I did, there. I did say both just to cover my bases because I, <laughs> I don't have the slightest okay. clue. I did interview him once. I have no idea which one I used. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you didn't offend him too much, or you might be sneaking up, getting ready to knock you out any any second now. He does got um, the big going back to Bo- <laughs> Yes. Going back to Bobby Green, do you know what his fight style is? Bobby Green? What is yeah. his listed his listed fight his listed, style? Okay. Or it's, what it's, is what his actual fight style is? I remember seeing this years ago. This is when he fought Dan Lozon years ago. Fighting style says Lozon's wrestling slash jujitsu. What do you think Bobby Green's fighting style says? 
on the it was actually on the telecast. Whatever. Oh man, it's, it's got to be something. Sure. He's not a he's not a jitsu guy, is he? Nope. Cause that good. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. This was affliction. This was affliction back in 2009. Uh, that's a very, was listed as hood. That's so a very, how can you not like that's that? That's a guy? very Bobby Green thing to have listed. I, exactly. I'll allow that it. was that was before he had that was before he had a head tattoo, also a la Bam Bam Bigelow. So, um, all right. Um, did you watch Bellator last night? Of course, you watched Bellator last night, Dan. Right? I uh, I flipped over after the UFC was event was over. Yeah, I know everybody was talking too. about how this event was way better and this and that, but like you know, was it though? Was well, it really what, though? Here's my main thing. event, maybe. Yeah, here's my point: is that like you you do have like some kind of lackluster fights in the UFC, but like even the lackluster fights in the UFC for me feel more important than watching Zabit Magomed Sharapov's little brother. Uh, fight a guy who's three and five, right? Like, you know, again, there aren't any guys in the UFC who are three and five apart from like a kickboxer or a professional wrestler who came to the sport too early, right? And even then, they're usually like one and zero or three and zero or something like that. You just don't see people with like massive losing records. Like Ashley Yoder was eight and seven, and that that's a real rarity here. Um, and, and granted, this card did have less of those than normal, but like the beginning of a Bellator card, usually for me, I, I'm not rushing to watch it on wherever you watch Bellator prelims these days anyway. So yeah, I flipped it over afterwards. I uh, saw a couple of good fights in there. I, I always like watching Mads Burrell. I, I thought he deserved more chances in the UFC than he got. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you want to talk about the main event. Like AJ yeah. McKee looked incredible. Yeah. Well, that's uh, going back to Matt Brunel. That's case in point right there. UFC cast off is the uh, in the co-main event of of one of the Bellator's biggest events. Yeah, that like, kind of shows you the levels we're we're talking here. Yeah, and like like I said, I, I think he deserved more of a chance. Like he lost to yeah. to Michelle Prezerish and Arnold Allen in the UFC, and he did have a win in yep. between there over you know kind of a no name guy. But like since then, he beat Saul Rogers, who is uh, who would have won the Ultimate Fighter had he not had visa issues. Um, you know, he's a good fighter, and I'd love to see him back in the UFC. He's UFC caliber. But you're right, yeah. Like you could put anybody you want in this co-main event, in in you know one and two UFC guy is the one who's there. So you know, for me. And I I respect that the top of Bellator's divisions, and especially somebody like AJ McKee, are almost, if not as good as a lot of the top UFC fighters. It's just like that that depth and what they're also what they're doing on the undercard, having you know Usman Nurmagomedov uh, fight you know a guy who's twelve and twelve and seven or twelve and eight or whatever he was. Uh, yeah, that just doesn't do it for me. So. And it, does, it doesn't look great either. So, yeah. Uh, so I watched a little bit of it. Mads Brunel looked good. AJ McKee looked real good, though. <laughs> yeah. It, it is it is home of the home of the squash matches, Bellator. Even even on top top of the cards, you're going to see, like Michael uh, Page, for instance, tends to get a overmatched opponent almost every time he's in there. But anyway, let's let's get to the positives. Yeah, AJ McKee was everything he's been advertised as. Um, it was just. I think too big and too long and, and too smart of a fighter for uh, Pitbull and finished him off quickly. Th- thought he had him knocked out. Um, then when the ref didn't stop the fight, ended up choking him out. Now, like people are talking about, okay, well now he's now he's got to fight Pitbull at lightweight to try to get his lightweight belt. But like 
he's just too big for Pitbull. He's, he, he would win that one too, I think, no problem. Yeah, it's it's weird too, to it's weird to me that he was that much bigger because he is he's yeah. been at, he's been at featherweight the whole time, right? Like right, like like Pitbull goes up and, and yep. fights at lightweight. This guy doesn't, which is yeah. insane. Because yeah, his you know long reach, you know, look like a bigger guy. You know, it's clearly like he almost like Big Brother Pitbull there in in the the final yep. exchange. Like he was just backed him up um, and and lit him up. So yeah, um, super impressive. Uh, you know, now he's nineteen and zero, which is or eighteen and zero, which is certainly nothing to eighteen and zero. Yeah, to be bummed about. He he looks great in there. Um, yeah. But but to be fair, you know, to everybody claiming, you know, have him go fight Pitbull at lightweight now. Who else do you What's want to see? Him? That? <laughs> well, then who else do you want to see him fight though? Yeah, like no, that's true. Like like yeah, he beat the up and coming featherweights on the way to the belt. You know what I mean? And I, w- I want to see him fight his dad, Antonio <laughs> McKee. I want him to come back. Do you remember Antonio McKee? I do. Yeah, he, he fought, he he fought in the UFC a bunch of times. He, did. Um, he fought and dreamed. Do I remember watching Dream back in the day? He fought there too. So. Dream had some good fights back in the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now the UFC wants to act like the big shots, but it was Bellator that was giving out a million bucks last night. AJ McKee got a million bucks plus 150 grand for um, for that fight, and uh, Patricio Pitbull got a quarter million. So they uh, totally um, made more than any UFC fighters last night. You can get the full breakdown of that. Uh, those are official purses from the California. Athletic Commission, those are on the site, MMA-Manifesto.com also. Yeah, Bellator, um, some of these guys are making decent money. I can see why they would mind fighting cans in, in Bellator and making making some money. And if you win a tournament, you get a million bucks. Sounds like a good deal to me, just like PFL. Yeah, well, so you say that, right? But, like, first of all, it's not easy to get into the tournament. And second of all, you know, and, and again, these numbers are on MMA-Manifesto.com. Like, if you look at the rest of the fight card, man, it, man there are some really ugly numbers on there. Like, some really... Well, only- only two guys made less than what the UFC guys make. Two guys made four and four, four thousand show, four thousand two. Four and four and four is four and four, so which is bad. bad, man. I know, but but everybody else was making ten, at least ten and ten. Well, you're, got, so you're right though, but like look at yeah. Okay, so let's let's do a little quick little case study here. And, and granted, this is selection bias because I'm picking the ones that I want to make myself <laughs> look good here. But take somebody like Vanessa Porto, right? Like Vanessa Porto has fought Liz Carmouche and Pearl Gonzalez, and uh, you know like. Jennifer Maya and like Roxanne Matafari. She's fought everybody. She fought Tara LaRosa. She she fought Amanda Nunes and she has had this crazy career that has involved fights with Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Durandamy and Roxanne Matafari and Chris Cyborg and all of these women. And she was making 13. 15. Or, oh, excuse me. 15. <laughs> Sorry, I should have pulled it up on that. MMA. <laughs> she, she's making 15. Like, yeah, who has fought. Cyborg, Roxy, Nunez, and Jennifer Maya in is is walking away with fifteen K, dude. Like yeah. in like so I, I think that's the difference for me, is like you're right. At the top of the card the pay this time was better, but the bottom of the card pay on these things are I, I mean, they're barely ahead of somewhere like LSA. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah. the top of an LSA the- card is every bit as good as the bottom of a Bellator card. Yeah, this was actually uh, this was a good Bellator card too. Cause you had yeah. Brian Moore making fifty, Keith Crosby making fifty, Kerkakian, Kerkakian, Georgie Kerkakian, Georgie. Yeah. So anyhow, 
Not, not, not for counting people's money again. So that was Beltar. Um, good event. Um, I, I think we've talked enough. Uh, I told you it wasn't going to be an hour and a half. And it, I, I guaranteed you that, and I'm going to keep my promise. You don't need to ha- have this train wreck go any farther before we go off the trust. So, hmm, what do I need to tell you? We're going to be back on Wednesday. Um, we are uh, bi-weekly, not bi-weekly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, Dan? Twice weekly. <laughs> Twice weekly? Is there... Is there a better way to say that? Bi-weekly is every second week, right? I, I yeah, cause I get. I think, <laughs> twice. Okay, yeah. fine. We're twice weekly. Dan has English English uh, um, degrees, I believe. Also, and you yeah. can't help me here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go twice, twice weekly. weekly. Yeah. Okay, fine. We're a twice weekly podcast, regardless of what my co-host may have said in the past. But um, we'll be back what Wednesday with the breaking down UFC two sixty five. Is it six? Yes, two sixty five. Two sixty five. Five. 265. There we go. UFC 265. I just broke it down. Um, in the meantime, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Read all the stuff there. Um, Dan's writing about baseball again. So we, we got lots of baseball. We got tons of Olympic stuff going up every day. We, we got coverage of the basketball tournament that's going on right now. We got a whole bunch of goodness uh, on there. So make sure you check out that and check out all the rest of our podcasts. We have podcasts for everything. And if you just are into MMA, you can read my MMA stuff on that site. Also, head to MMA-Manifesto.com and read all our stuff, um, scouting reports, fighter rankings, like performance rankings, pay stuff, all that good stuff is there. So, And a pick-em contest. Uh, we will we run a weekly pick-em contest. So uh, make sure you head over there and play that stuff. Uh, listen to our podcast on our, on our specific feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Uh, if you can subscribe to that specific feed, if you're on still on the SGPN feed, if you can switch over to our uh, dedicated feed, that would help us out because eventually we're going to um, going to shove off and just be on that feed, and not uh, not clog up the SGPN feed anymore with our Degen talk. Um, anything else they should do? You can listen to Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA podcast, and the Prelim Primer podcast, um, and follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, Gumby Vreeland. Anything else we need to tell the folks, Dan? No, I think you nailed it all. All right, I kept the I kept the train rack on the track, so to speak. So, um, you want to sign us off, Dan? Sure. You say my nickname, which I didn't say again. Sure, I'm Dan. You're gonna be brilliant. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Hey, you got it right. Wednesday. Bye.